are welcome. Welcome to learn. Welcome to participate. Welcome to join a private discussion about knee surgery recovery and rehab. R&R, Knee Surgery Recovery and Rehab, a private discussion group on Facebook. Search Facebook groups for knee replacement recovery and look for the beach. You are welcome. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Welcome, everyone. This is PJ Ewing, your host, the host of The Bee's Knees podcast. Today, we're going to talk to a gentleman who is nine weeks. Is that right, Larry? You're nine weeks post-surgery? Correct. Nine weeks this week. Great. Nine weeks, not long ago, and uh, Larry did two knees at once, and that's an increasingly important trend. I think out there, we were just chatting before the call started about surgeons and, you know, do they get paid more? Do they get paid less? In the end, it is something that is happening to younger patients. It's happening to more people who I, I think in the end feel that they're healthy enough. They don't have other things that might get in the way of recovery besides the knees, and they go forward with two. And from my experience, Larry, a lot of people are really happy that they did. They, they, they don't want to face a second surgery, but it isn't for everyone. I got a live one on the line, everybody. I've got this great guy, Larry, to tell us uh, all that he knows about what led up to that surgery and how it went and how recovery went. I mean, we're gonna, I'm going to try to pick your brain a little bit as we go. Is that all right? Well, that should be a pretty simple task for you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. So before we get into your bilateral knee surgery and recovery, tell us about you, your background, sports interests. Just, you know, let's, let's get a sense of who you are. Okay. Well, again, like everybody else, you know, I grew up uh, uh, doing high school sports, football, wrestling, and I took it to the extreme and suffered a lot of injuries uh, during that time. Nothing nothing crippling, but, you know, I kind of overdid. And then as I um, got into my work career, we started out in the power sports industry, and my father and I owned a, a marina. And unfortunately, we didn't have all the power equipment. So I just used and abused my body in ways that uh, would never be thought of today. And then for... Um, for quite a period of time, I worked with Polaris Industries maintaining their uh, demo fleet of motorcycles and their press fleet. And, and so I spent a lot of time on my knees, and I think uh, just just over time, I wore them out. And probably about 10 years ago, I knew I was in trouble, and I just kept putting it off, and things just kept getting worse. And then, believe it or not, I re realized one day I was bull-legged, and uh, the pain was excruciating. I mean, I just... I just got to the point I couldn't do stairs anymore, and, and it was crippling my life. It was holding me back from all the things that I want to do. You know, I'm an avid snowmobiler. We ride ATVs and motorcycles, and, and I'm a car nut, and I like to, to, to build and crawl around my own cars. And I got to the point I just couldn't do it anymore. I almost needed somebody to help me up off the ground because my knees hurt so bad. So I went, went here locally. I live in northern New Hampshire, and I went to um, – a place called the Alpine Clinic. They're at the base of Cannon Ski Mountain, and they do um, a lot of the orthopedics for the Olympics. And so I thought I, I had found the right place, and I went in, 
go through the x-rays and so on and so forth. And the doctor came in and said, well, I've got good news and bad news. The, the good news is uh, we can help you. The bad news is both of your knees are, are bone on bone, a lot of arthritis, and you need to have both your knees replaced. And I have to tell you, PJ, my wife, who was with me at the time, was the one that suggested the bilateral. She said, uh, well, doctor, can you do them both at once? Because I think I know my husband pretty good, and if you do one, he'll probably never be back for the second one. So that's what that's what got me there. That's what uh, put me in the doctor's office, and, and that's what brought up the, uh, the conversation of bilateral. Now, this is Dr. MacArthur, is that right? Dr. MacArthur from the Alpine Clinic, correct. Right, and he, which is, by the way, everyone listening, Douglas MacArthur, amazing name, famous name. This surgeon had no problem. He does bilateral, you know, or was there any you know, concern on his part? Well, he tried to talk me out of it. He tried everything he could to talk me out of it, and I was very insistent. I just, I told him, I said, if we're going to do this, I want to do them both. So then he asked me a little bit about my background and my health, and, you know, even though I'm, I'm in my mid-60s, I take no prescription medicines, and overall, my, my health conditions are good, and so he really couldn't find a reason why not to do both of them at the same time and, and agreed to do so. Interesting. So he'll do them. He just really wants to vet the patients to make sure that they're healthy, don't have other... And you know, it's a horrible word, but the, the word for other complications, other problems is comorbidities. And uh, I, I know it's a, not, a, not a fun word at all, but it is indeed. You know, I have a respiratory concern. You know, my heart, you know, whatever issues there are that people have, those are the, the things that surgeons bring up to take people off the list for doing two at once. So he gave you the clean bill of health. That's great. And your wife suggested it. And you did you agree with her? Would you potentially have been reluctant to go on with the second knee, maybe? Absolutely. I'm, I'm not one. I'm not a fan of doctors. Uh, I hate needles. If I think back about it now, it wasn't as bad as I anticipated it was going to be. Now, that being said, I did a lot of research prior to the surgery. And that's where I found you in X10 because I wanted to be as good as I could be going into the surgery so I would be that much better coming out. And so, you know, I had talked with you and, and we talked about the X10 and you talked about seven to ten days post-surgery and that's when I said, well, can I get this thing in advance? I want to, I really want to do something in advance. And, and I believe that the time I spent doing my prehab because one of the goals is range of motion after surgery. And they talk about zero to 130 being the ultimate, the optimum, the ultimate goal. And so I have to tell you, I don't think I was zero to 130 before the surgery. And when I say that, that was up to the point of getting the X10 delivered to my home and working it. When I went for my surgery, I was 0 to 130 range of motion on both knees, and I was very bull-legged. Just over time, my knees had just kind of unstructured themselves, and I was concerned about that and put a lot of pressure on the doctor. I said, well, will my legs be straight when we're done? He said, well, I hope so. <laughs> but today I can tell you I, my legs are perfectly straight. They work really good, and my range of motion is phenomenal. Currently at nine weeks, I've got 0 to 131, 132 in my left knee on my own, 
and with assistance, they can get it back to 145. On my right leg, I can do 0 to 129, 130, and with assistance, I get about 132 to 133. So it's a little stiffer, a little tighter than the left one, but uh, I've definitely got that range of motion, and right now I'm, I'm mostly working on strength. Those are, are really terrific numbers, and you're so right about getting yourself in position for success because those seven-plus whatever days you had, how many days did you have it before the X10 before surgery? Do you know? I'm going to say I had about 10 days prior. 10 days. So those 10 days, uh, it's almost like a tune-up, and it trains your body to go, in this case, all the way to 130, up to zero, so that you're going in with what normal people would say are, are, is perfect range of motion. You're not normal. You've got more than the rest of us do with that amazing flexion. You must, you must have talked to my wife because she'll assure the fact that I'm not normal. <laughs> well, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll take that up with her. Uh, but, but it was, you know, you, you, you got your body ready. And, you know, I, honestly, we've done, we do a lot of three-week prehab. It's great. In Michigan, Blue Cross Blue Shield, you know, is willing to go that far in terms of paying for the X10 for people. However, we do see very important results, seven, eight, nine, ten days of prehab prior to surgery. So you really kind of got it just right. Ten days, then go have surgery. You go in with great range of motion. Your strength had a chance to, you could work on that as well. And now you have, you know, a couple days and then you go home and you're back on the X10. So, so tell us about that. Anything notable well, about the that, surgery? How'd that work? Oh, yeah. The, the interesting part is he told me right up front, Dr. MacArthur said, with a double, he said, what we're going to do is we'll do the surgery one day. If we do a single, we, we do the surgery one day, we keep you two additional days, and we let you go home. With a double, he said, we will do the surgery, we'll keep you the two days, we'll probably keep you one or two extra days, then we send you down to Health South in Concord, New Hampshire, for about two to three days, and then when we feel you're ready to go home, we send you home. And I told him at the time, I'm not a fan of that. I just soon go home from the hospital when I'm ready to go home. He said, well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, I had my surgery on a Monday, and I knew I couldn't pick my position, but I was hoping I was going to be the first surgery of the day, and as luck had it, or I thought it was luck, I had to be there at 6 o'clock for a 7 o'clock surgery. And I would say after I got out of surgery, they had me in the room. It was about maybe noontime. And they came in and asked me if I was ready to get up. I said, I don't think so. But I had to go to the bathroom. So we got up and with a, with a walker and somebody on each side of me, I walked into the bathroom, did what I had to do, and came back. And we went through that night. They had me on. I forget what you call that machine that moves your legs, and they kept moving it from one leg to the other. I brought my own ice machine. I went out and bought one of those coolers with the pump, but it was a double, so I was able to ice both knees at the same time, and they just continued to come in and re-add the ice, and they took really, really good care of me. i, I got to tell you, the hospital was amazing. Now, I had a whiteboard on the wall across from me, and that's where the nurses would sign in, this is your nurse, this is an assistant, this is your meds, this is the time you're getting this, that, and the other thing. And then they had a thing for goals. And I wasn't sure what that was for, so I told my wife, where it says goals, write go home. So she wrote go home. And every time the nurses would come in and they'd change shift, 
They'd erase everything, put the new stuff on, and they'd erase my go home. I said, right, go home. So she'd write, go home. And so the following day, the day after surgery, the hospital physical therapy team came in. There was two of them. And they said they were here to walk me down the hall. So they got me up, and I had a walker, and I still had an IV. And we started out of the room, and I said, where are we going? They said, well, they had a wheelchair with them. And they told me, well, we're going to walk as far as you're capable. So we walk all the way down the hall, and we get to this other hallway, and they're, they're just kind of looking at each other. And I was walking heel to toe, didn't realize that that was something special, but I was walking heel to toe. We turned the corner. We walked about halfway down that hallway, and there was a therapy room there. We walked in there, and he said, okay. He said, are you comfortable? I said, I'm comfortable. He said, okay, we're going to do a step. Well, there was a set of staircases there, and there was like five steps, well, I didn't know I was only supposed to do one, so I went up all five. I got to the top, and there, the look on her face was incredible. And I turned around and walked back down, and they said, well, that was more than we expected. What uh, Would you like to get in the wheelchair, and we'll take you back to the room? I said, no, I walked down here, I'll walk back. So I walked back to the room. The next day, I did the same thing. Well, that was the day the doctor came in. And he came in, and he had already heard about this from the, from the therapists and the nurses and whatever. And he asked me how I was feeling, and he saw my goal on the, on the wall that said go home, and he said, uh, what do you think about going to Health South? And I said, I want to go home. He basically asked me what I could do. I told him I could. Could you do this? Yes. Could you do that? Yes. And he said, don't make me regret this, but I'm going to let you go home today. So I was in the hospital Monday for the surgery, recovery on Tuesday, recovery on Wednesday, and Wednesday afternoon, I went home. Now, I did make a mistake because I was doing so well when we stopped at the, uh, at the pharmacy to pick up my meds. I went in to the pharmacy with my wife with a walker, and I bought two canes. And then we got our meds, and we walked back out. So we were on our way home, and I said, maybe we should stop for lunch. So I didn't want to walk into a local restaurant with a walker, so I walked in with my two canes. We had lunch, and I walked out. And, on the way home, we were passing my place of business, which is a recreational vehicle store. And so we stopped. I walked in, said hello to everybody, and then went home. Well, I didn't realize how much that took out of me. I mean, it really, really took a lot out of me. So that night was kind of a rough night for me. But the next morning, I had physical therapy. So I got in the car. My wife drove me to physical therapy, and they checked my range of motion, and I was already at 100 and they were pretty impressed with that. The following week, I would say, and I was doing my X10 every day. When I came home, I, I didn't do it on Wednesday because I, I had so overdone. Thursday, I got home from physical therapy, and it was later in the evening, and I got on the X10 and did both legs, strictly range of motion. I talked to Todd, my, my uh, coach, and he helped me set the machine up so that you know, we didn't do any real strenuous or, or tight work, but uh, we worked on range of motion. And I did that every day. By the end of the second week, I had already had 120 range of motion in both legs. And again, the physical therapists were just pretty much blown away by it. I am no longer in physical therapy. I had my eight-week appointment with the doctor last week. And when I went in, he was just absolutely flabbergasted. You could tell, I mean, he just sat on his stool and he rolled back and he smiled and he was so excited and so happy. And 
I told him, I says, I just want to thank you for doing both of them. He said, well, you know, as rough as it was on you or as rough as you thought it was on you, he said, one of the reasons we don't do two is you're a pretty big guy. And he said, it's as rough on me as it is on you. Because I told him, you know, I had I was experiencing some pain in my ankles on the outside. They were they were sore to the touch. And he said, well, he said, we put your ankles, we wrap them in this thing, and then we kind of box them in. And your ankles or your feet are my handles. And he said, I physically take your leg and work it all the way to the top and all the way back. He said, probably 30, 40, 50 times per leg. I do one, and then I go over and I, I do the other one. That's the reason you went first. I always take my toughest jobs first so that the rest of the day is, is easier than the beginning. Where I thought I was lucky, it was actually planned that I was the first one of the day because I was his only double. But right now, after nine weeks, I don't feel like there's a whole lot that I can't do. I do stairs on a regular basis. There's 24 steps to my office. And uh, one day last week, I probably went up and down no less than 10 times during the course of the day. And we're up here in snow country. So I always still have this fear of slipping on the ice. So I'm very careful. But for the most part, I, I, I now I do miss my X10. It was great. It was great exercise. I enjoyed it. You know, there's a lot to unpack from what you just said. One of the things is, I'm so delighted your surgeon's happy. You know who else is happy is uh, the insurance company and Medicare because you saved them, I don't know, it's it's at least bare minimum for an inpatient facility, bare minimum $1,000 a night uh, if you wow. had gone to that facility. And the amount of rehab that you needed and uh, the quick return to work for the whole system, let's call it, you, you are a success. Uh, if things go wrong, and I've had lots of people on this show where it didn't go as well as you did, and, and suddenly they start adding up the numbers, and hundreds of thousands of dollars start adding up. And you're nine weeks, and you're out of rehab. When did you get back to work, by the way? Uh, how many weeks later? I was working on my second week. Not huh. a full schedule, but I was going into the office and uh, and I would go in sometimes every other day, sometimes daily. I'd work about a half a day and then go home. That's really remarkable that you're able to do that. And I know that you did prehab and you're healthy and you went into this with the right mindset. You obviously got onto the X10, onto your rehab program very quickly. So all of that would allow you to build up strength, build up range of motion, minimize the downtime where atrophy and other bad things can happen, and then get right back into an active life. Swelling's the big problem for so many people. I'm going to say I swelled like everybody else, but like even when I get on the X10 and I get off the X10, the first thing I would do is I would go to my ice. And I did a lot of icing. I, I iced right up till probably you took the X10 away from me, um, maybe even a little bit beyond that. When you talk about swelling, I would swell more after activity than just laying around. As soon as I would swell, I would, I would put the machine on. Now, a lot of times what I would do is I would, I would get my recliner in the evening, watch TV, maybe a couple hours before bed, and I would get on ice. And so when I went to bed, you know, I had just come off the icing, and that helped. I felt like that helped me get me through the evening, through the night. What was the ice machine that you like? 
boy, I can't think of the name of it, but it's a small cooler, and it's got a pump in it. It's got a double hose coming out of it, and you can either hook it up to a single knee pad or a double knee pad. Uh, you know, I can get you the, the name of it. Yeah, you know, let's you, do but, that, uh, and I'll put it in the notes for this episode so people can go click on it, because I have a long, long list of recommendations for icing, but it sounds like you really found a good one for bilateral in, well, in this case. Well, for bilateral, it's perfect. I mean, it's just perfect, and, and it's not something you're going to invest in and possibly never use again. This machine, you can use a shoulder pad, you can use a back pad, they have ankle wraps. So the machine is something that can be used for multiple different things. And and again, even if you take the cost of the X10, I paid for that out of my pocket. I didn't, the insurance company didn't pick that up. If you just take from the time of my surgery to today as an example, I probably am looking at about $40 a day that I invested in where I'm at at this moment in my recovery. We don't want to pay anything, do we, because of insurance, but that's not that bad, is it, when you really well, look no, at where you not, are? I'll give you a good example. I went to, um, I've been around several people that have had single knee replacements, and so many of them, they didn't want to buy the machine from the, the therapy group, or they didn't want to buy it from their doctor. They only would take whatever the insurance company would give them, I saw people that were using frozen peas and Ziploc bags with ice cubes, and none of them had a good result. They just didn't have a good result. So if, I think if you want a good result, you've got to invest a little bit in your recovery and yourself, um, whether it be the X10, whether it be the, the Mac Daddy ice machine. I ended up buying a uh, Schwinn recumbent bike. Once the X10 went away, I said, well, what am I going to do now? <laughs> So I bought a, a stationary bike that's uh, comfortable for me, and by moving the seat forward, I can I can really tighten up for range of motion, and then I can move it back for strengthening and and cardiovascular. And and again, did I have to buy it? No. Would the insurance company help me out? Absolutely not. But I thought it was a good investment in my future. Top of your head, do you remember what model Schwinn that was by any chance, or how much it cost? It was five ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Okay, not cheap. Let's do that. I'll put that in the notes as well. I have a recumbent bike that I recommend all day long, and it's good. It's very cheap, $139, for for example, from Amazon. And there's a second bike that's maybe a little step above. But this one, if you really liked it, I'd like to explore that one also. Because, I mean, Larry, (laughs) if there's a checklist, and I think I've written a lot of checklists in my life about knee recovery, you have just ticked every box along the way of how you do it right. Honest to goodness. I mean, from the recumbent bike to the a smart icing device, which we'll, we'll get the name of, to, you know, in this case, the X10, uh, to paying attention to your physical therapist, to you know, getting to know your surgeon and, and really uh, heart-to-heart with, you, with him about one or two knees at once, to the recovery all the way to nine weeks. Uh, the only thing you did wrong, of course, was that, that big day on the way home. You told me, though, also, let's put all of our cards on the table. I think there was something you mentioned about the X10 a little overdoing it on the machine as well. Weren't there a couple Absolutely. Of I did that twice. Yeah. Early on, after I got home, I'm very aggressive, and I, I want this to be over yesterday. You know, I thought you could just get on the machine and set it for 130 and just keep adding pressure until it pushes your leg there. And as I was working the one day, I felt something that felt like it popped. 
and I get this deep burning sensation. So I stopped immediately. And when I went to rehab the next day, I said, you know, I think I'm going to have to go to the doctor. I think I tore stitches inside. And he said, no, I don't think you did. He says, probably scar tissue. He said, let's, uh, we'll go easy on that. Now, this happens to be my best knee of the two. It recovered and everything was great. Took a couple weeks. It was a little tender. And then I was still working on it, um, but it was my right leg. And I pulled it way because it wasn't getting the same range of motion. So I just kept adding pressure because at this point now I figure I'm healed. I just, I just got to keep working this thing. So I worked it back and I got a pain and it was at the lower right side of my knee. And I guess it's where a lot of your ligaments and such come together. And when I was at the doctor's, I told him about it and he said, he smiled and he kind of laughed and he goes, that's good. That's good. I said, well, maybe it was good for you, but it wasn't good for me. He said, no, what you were doing, he said, you were, you were breaking up scar tissue. And he said, painful maybe, but he said, it's necessary. If you don't do it, he said, a lot of people, because it hurts, they stop. And he said, then what happens is we have to go in and we have to do a manual manipulation. And he said, that's the one thing you don't want to have happen. I did feel like I hurt myself a couple times. It was only because I was pushing myself, but as it turned out, it was something that really kind of needed to be done, and it was beneficial for me. Well, that's so good to hear, and I'm glad to talk about things that aren't perfect with the X10 machine, because it is not perfect. I mean, their their trajectory, the use of it, it, it can be, I don't want to use the word uneven, but you know, there's a a natural pace to someone's gain in range of motion and when you're getting to 100 120 and then of course you ended up way beyond that but you did it so early i almost want to say the body is you're you're right on the the bleeding edge of what the body can take Uh, if you were Mm -hmm. to go too far you're going to cause a big problem with swelling and irritation if you don't go far enough you're you're kind of losing an opportunity but you it seems to me that you found that edge and stayed on it and you know in your case there were some little moments along the way that were a little worrisome but but obviously that you you didn't set yourself back in a big way right well you know one of the things i found um dj was when i knew that i was going to try and get that extra range, what I would do is I would loosen the strap around my leg so that as the machine was pulling me back, if it got to be too much, I could just kind of lean up a little bit. And as you leaned up, let your leg come up a little bit, it would continue to pull it back, but you could take a little bit of that pressure off and you could bear with it. And so I would do that when I knew I was really, because of the the two times that I went too far, I was strapped in tight. And then mm-hmm. when I knew I was going to push myself, I would loosen the strap just enough that if if it got to that point, I could just lift my leg a little bit. And, uh, again, I think that one of the things is you have to want to get better. So when I would go to rehab, as an example, say a kind of a cute story, one of the, one of the uh, exercises that he had me do is, and this was real early on, he had me sit in a regular chair and stand up. Well, when I first sat in a regular chair to stand up, if you don't have arms on that chair, you're not getting up. And I sat there. I said, I can't get up. I said, I've never said I can't, but I'm just, I can't do it. So he came back. He had me. He helped me up. 
and then he'd put a, about a six-inch cushion on there. And then I could get up, and he'd have me put my hands across my chest, and I'd get up, and he'd say, uh, okay, give me ten. And you'd get to the point where you had eight. He goes, oh, that's good enough. I said, no, you said ten. And I would struggle, and I got my ten. We eventually got to the point where we eliminated the cushion. Then he comes, and he hands me this orange, looks like a basketball. It's a weighted ball. And he says, okay, now hold this to your chest and, and give me ten. I just I was right back to I couldn't get myself up. He says, okay. So I tried a little hard. I was a little aggressive. So he goes and gets his blue ball. It's a little smaller, a little lighter. Still couldn't do it. So then he gets a pink ball, and he comes over, and I says, okay, I see what you're doing here. Give me the blue ball back. <laughs> and, and I just reached down inside of me, and I stood up, and he says, okay, give me 15 to 20. I got to 15, and, I mean, I was struggling. And he says, okay, that's good. I said, no, you said 15 to 20. You're getting 20. And that's what I did in every single instance. When he asked for something, I gave it to him. And, and one of the times I remember he said, give me two sets of 10, and I gave him a set of 10, and then I could squeak out five, and he said, that's good enough. I said, no, I'm going to give you 20, but it's going to be a set of 10 and two sets of five, and I, and I squeaked it out. And I think that it's that desire to want to get better faster and not taking the easy way out that was so much a part of my recovery. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all hear that. I, I'm, I'm there with you. You did a great job of describing that. Uh, let me ask you this, though. Is that just you, or was there something about two knees at once, the challenge, uh, the opportunity to get the pain gone and get back to the sports? Like, Was there something about this circumstance that was special, or is, would you say that's how you just tackled life overall? Well, it's a little bit of both. That is how I tackle life to one, in one regard. But the other thing is, I think when you have them both done, they're both, when you come out of that surgery, they're both equally as weak. And if I have done one, based on the x-rays that they took and whatever, they said that my right knee was my worst knee. And yet, the one that gave me the most pain was my left knee. So they wanted to do the, wor the worst one first. So if they'd have done my right knee, I'd have still been in so much pain with my left knee, I would have had a hard time doing the exercises that they wanted me to do in physical therapy to be successful in my rehab. And so I really think that by having them both done at the same time, that the physical therapy works hand-in-hand hand with, with both legs because, you know, I watched a lot of the people in physical therapy that had one done, and all they did was work on that one knee. They didn't work on both of them. And, and so for me, my, my strength is equal in both legs. My ability to walk is, is, is phenomenal. My ability to walk up and down the stairs. Now, stairs, and I do a lot of stairs because, unfortunately, like I said, my office is uh, 24 steps up, um, coming up. I've got that down now. It's, it's really easy and it's comfortable, and I'm, I feel safe and secure. Going down is still not as comfortable as going up. But other than that, you know, I feel like I can do just about anything I want to do at this point. That is such valuable insight, everyone listening. Honestly, Larry, the fact that you couldn't cheat when you're doing your rehab, uh, lean on the good leg, even though it would not have been good, but the fact that you've got to work both knees at once is so important. 
I don't think surgeons consider that. I don't think my doctor did. Uh, it was never brought up in any of the conversations. But when, when I did go to physical therapy, one of the, it was kind of a joke, you know, by having them both done, you have no good leg to stand on. And I think that that was such a true statement. You had to work them both. And I really believe that that was a part of the success was working them both together. When things go well, right, and they certainly have for you, there are all kinds of advantages for doing two at once, all kinds of them. If they don't go well, then darn it, you're in trouble. But I can't say that I, I've run across many bilateral patients where there was a problem. When, when you're cleared to go to bilateral and you're mentally ready, there's, there's sort of a fire in the belly about let's just get this done. I'm doing two. There's, there's something about people that do that that you know, you, separates them from sound, everybody else. That statement you made sounds so much like me because originally I dreaded the thought. Once he told me that we were going to do bilateral, when we got within a few weeks um, of the surgery, I was so excited. I mean, I'm telling everybody, I'm having both of them done. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm going for this. This is, I can't wait. And I literally got to the point I couldn't wait. And then once I got the X10 at home uh, for my for my prehab. And I was able to work my knees and see that I could, I could actually get something out of even these bad, wore-out old knees. I knew that, I just knew that it was going to be a good result. And, uh, you know, thank God it did turn out to be that. I need a picture of you in any setting. A ski slope <laughs> in the background, your office, going up the stairs, standing there in front of your office. It doesn't really matter. Because when we're both gone, Larry, in 40 years, 50 years, there's no Larry, there's no PJ, but there's going to be a poster in every clinic in the country of you, the poster child for the perfect recovery, right? We, 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 I'll make it. I'll design it. Just give me a picture, and we're going to just share this. I mean, honestly, you, you, are, you are the perfect, it's the perfect story. Uh, there's very little drama right here, which is great. You don't want any drama in this case. You just no. did it right, man. Well, oh, man. I, have, I have to say this, BJ, and I, you know, this is not a commercial for, for X10. I really appreciate the fact that you and I had that conversation so early on and that, that we got together with the X10 because I give it so much, so much credit for the success that I had. I really don't believe that we'd be having this conversation at this level, had I not had the X10 to work with. Well, I'm, I'm really glad we had that conversation as well. And I'm glad, I'm so delighted to hear that. In my world, half of the conversations that I'm having are uh, every day, truly, every single day of, of the year, are, dear Lord, can you help me? Everything's gone wrong. Can the X10 save the day? It's week 8, 10, 12, 14. It's I just had an MUA or I'm facing one or, good Lord, I, I have a revision. Larry, I just interviewed this terrific guy that everyone on the show will listen, who listens to the show will, will get a chance to hear soon, uh, a gentleman named Norman. He had six full revision surgeries in the last five years. They pulled out the hardware six times. And finally, wow. I spoke with him today, finally, he's at 115, everything looks good, he loves the accent, da, 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 da. But, but I am so filled with horror stories that when I get a chance to talk to someone like you who just did it right, it's, it's so much fun. 
It really is. It, I mean, well, it is, I really, you are a poster. You're the poster guy, truly. Well, I really hope that this, that this will help and encourage people that are thinking about it. If you're thinking about bilateral, I would say by all means go for it. If, you, if both of your knees are bad and your health condition allows you to do it, I think it's the best thing that you can do for yourself. Really good to hear. Did we forget anything? Because this has been terrific, and I, I, I think we covered a lot of ground. Anything that uh, is missing from our conversation? No, no, I don't think so. I think that uh, okay. we got most of it. Um, and, again, it was good that you came back and reminded me about the two times that I did, uh, I did scare myself and uh, mm-hmm. hurt myself a little bit. But, uh, as the doctor said, it was, it was all for the good, and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad hurt. It was something that needed to be done. So. Yeah. I think it's, it does a disservice if if I sit here with all these conversations with people and start painting a picture of oh it's perfect it's great every time it's there's never an issue that's that's wrong we have all kinds of challenges with people on the X10 it's life these are real people real knees real circumstances uh, mm-hmm. so it's it's unfair and and I I think you know my nature is to celebrate a success like this but I, I don't want to minimize the little, in this case, little bumps along the way, because that's, everyone's going to have them in one way, shape, or form. So Sure. You know, yeah. I've talked to so many people, BJ, that a friend of mine in Michigan, he had his done, gosh, a month before I did. He only had one done, but he thought that that was his, you know, opportunity to go home and relax and, you know, just chill out while he was healing. And he ended up having to go in for manipulation therapy and, um, he's just, he's been a mess and he, he's almost envious of me. And he said he wishes that he had talked to me prior to having had his surgery because he would have, he would have, uh, rehabbed totally different than he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's our home state for goodness sake, Michigan for the yep. extent. Yep. He's out of the Detroit area. Wow. Yeah. We're right there too. Well, we can't get to everybody, but what we've just done, Larry, is help a lot of people. I think, what, what did we do? We, we, yeah, we shared maybe there's some news on a, an ice machine that we'll get the name of, a Schwinn bike yep, that we'll get, get the name of. You. We've got the yep. X10, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I don't know if we actually, let's just do this for sure. We've mentioned the surgeon. We've mentioned the hospital. But what was the clinic name uh, that you went to, the, the rehab clinic? The rehab clinic that I went to was the Alpine Clinic. It's the same facility that the doctor works out of. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, I, I, that's right. So Alpine Clinic. So I, I th- so if you're in uh, your area, New Hampshire, this is a highly recommended uh, facility. Surgeon. Highly recommended. Yeah, they're in Franconia, New Hampshire. Okay, and you're not skiing this season, right? You're going to take this one off. I am but not, you... but you know the funny part is one of the therapists is uh, she's a cross country instructor. And she said that she would, at this point, she would take me out as I am right now. She said, you're ready to, you're ready <laughs> to go for training. I'm so glad I asked. That's cool. That's <laughs> so the that, picture. That no, that's the neat. picture. Right. That's the poster for the, the clinics. That's the one we got to get you and your, well, on your cross-country okay. skis. <laughs> either, that or, either that or maybe this weekend I'll be snowmobiling. So. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Seriously, get some pictures. Get your wife to take some, some shots of you. I want to see this. We've never met in person, okay. obviously, but, uh, but I would love, well, we that'd, be, that'd be fun. We'd like to thank a few friends of the Bees Knees podcast, including the Knee Pain Guru, natural solutions for chronic knee pain without drugs, shots, surgery, or painful physical therapy. 
For more info, visit thekneepainguru.com. We're also brought to you by X10 Therapy. And special thanks to Dr. Justin Trosclair at the podcast, A Doctor's Perspective Podcast. If you plan to go to China for business or pleasure, the main thing that you have to master is the dinner culture. Things like the lazy Susan, should you drink, how to use chopsticks, where am I supposed to sit, gaining and losing face. I'm Dr. Justin Trosclair, and after five years of working in China, I took all my knowledge and wrote a book about it. You can find it at a doctorsperspective.net slash China book and on Amazon. And while you're at it, take a listen to the podcast, a doctorsperspective.net, where I interview doctors of all specialties, talk about successes, marketing, struggles, and all those types of topics you don't normally hear. The Knee Store. If you're having a knee done, you just may want to share that news with the world. If so, we've got a mug, t-shirt, or awesome tote for that. Visit the Knee Store on CafePress.com. Shop for the perfect item that reflects your feelings about getting back to a full life after a successful knee replacement surgery. Visit CafePress.com forward slash the Knee Store. Great prices, fun, and unique stuff. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.